and welcome to the podcast. Coming to you from the Midwest Coast. I'm inside that miraculous establishment, the Midwest Healing Center, Lake of the Ozarks podcast, Studio B. This is the new old school podcast. I am your host, Don Allen. Tell somebody about the podcast. It's all free. Tell them they can download any of these free apps, any mobile device, Podbean, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, iTunes Store, and Spotify. Every single one of them are free. As always, no charge means no excuse. Download the apps, get the info, take us with you wherever you go, and why wouldn't you? Well, how is everybody doing today? My goodness, here at the Midwest Coast, another weird and wild spring snow and thunderstorms and tornadoes and snow and wind and more wind and some more wind and rain enough rain enough rain that i was i was seeing animals lining up two by two i wasn't sure what was going on i was kind of making me nervous a little bit well enough about me how are you i'm believing you are blessed and highly favored today and you know that is what the bible says about you and you do need to really walk out the door every day with that posture that no matter the issues I know what the word says, and well, my circumstances will not change the word of God, but the word of God can and will change my circumstances, so walk in the favor of God today. Well, we're in a series titled The Gifts of the Spirit. We've been looking into those nine gifts of the Spirit that we see over there in 1 Corinthians 12. Let's look at them again here quickly. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. There are diversities of gifts, but it's the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but it's the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues, but one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills, 1 Corinthians 12. And I think the biggest thing to note here is the concern that the Apostle Paul had in the church being ignorant when it came to these gifts. And that is a major concern today because I know even being involved with spirit-filled faith churches, well, we didn't hear about these at all. I mean, we may have seen them at times manifest in our meetings and there would maybe uh, be something vaguely said or be mentioned about, wow, the gift of, you know, was in operation there. But usually what took place is, uh, and really this is, this is what happened, uh, we kind of celebrated the one in whom the gift was manifested through meaning that we were looking at the particular minister and said, oh, wow, they, they really moved in the gifts. Oh, man, they really have the gift of. And, well, that brought a lot of confusions because what we did is we decided that, hey, these gifts will manifest, no doubt, but only through XYZ ministers. We missed the idea that it says, as the Spirit wills, and that what would we do? What would we do if somebody who was an usher at church What would we do if somebody that was an usher at church, I I mentioned this because I know for a fact, many times when I was an usher at church, I knew that God was trying to manifest one or more of these gifts through me. And of course, the pastor's not going to recognize that because you're just an usher. Who are you? 
<laughs> not you, no, not just a person in the congregation that day. No, no. See, this is what we were always told. This is what we were told. And see if this sounds familiar to you, or maybe you weren't told this, but it's an underlying um, thing. If God was going to do that through somebody like that, he would have already told pastor about it and pastor would already know. And then he could approve of you doing it. Huh? I don't see that anywhere in our examples that we've looked at so far in the Bible. (laughs) Wait, he said the Bible, the Bible kids. Thank you. He said the Bible, of course, the Bible. What about the Bible? Hello, people, the Bible. Come on, my goodness. I've seen it when it comes to these gifts. I have seen ministers abuse this horribly by exactly what I mentioned, only allowing Holy Spirit to move through who they say it should be and not somebody like you. Well, we've seen biblically in our example so far, we've seen these gifts can and do move through whoever Holy Spirit chooses at that time. It was not always the so-called ministers or those who we would say have some recognition or name about them possibly, or maybe some fame. No, we saw it just as the Bible says, as he wills. And the other thing that we're seeing is there are diversities of gifts. There are diversities of ministries. There are diversities of activities, meaning what? It won't ever look exactly the same through different people. So to say, well, so-and-so did it this way, so what? Well, he acted this way, he moved this way, he spoke that way. So what? Holy Spirit is choosing the vessel. And well, we know not all the vessels are the same, but it is same Holy Spirit throughout the whole thing. That's why it's so awesome. So I say that to one, don't count yourself out. Don't count yourself out just because maybe you're not approved by man standing in a pulpit with some title or on the flip side of that, be open to allow Holy Spirit to use whomever because we have so regulated this by our rules and our opinions, and well, we've missed out on some pretty major things in the body of Christ that Holy Spirit was trying to do. And I get it because as a minister, as a leader, as one who does have a ministry here, I get it. It can be nerve wracking because, well, you're always gonna have the opportunity for somebody who is kind of nutty to say something off the wall. And so we throw the baby out with the bathwater. Well, nobody's going to say anything. Nobody's going to do anything because a few people have done some crazy things. And they will. That's true. I get it. This is where we really got to be in tune with Holy Spirit so that we don't simply lump it all together and say, no, 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 not now, not here. It's hard. It is hard because we really haven't practiced this like we should. So that's why I've been led to go through these. I'm hoping that we can learn a few things, be informed, hopefully, you know, be ready for when Spirit does. Will we allow him the room that he needs to do it? We need to because it's going to be a blessing to the body of Christ. And I I get it. It's just, it is kind of a nerve wracking thing because you're kind of like, what are they going to say? And you're basing it off of maybe what somebody else said at some time. And it just, I get it. But we, we really have to be open and ready for this and be in tune with Holy Spirit. So today again, here's one of these very misunderstood and uh, gifts and Like with many of these we've looked at so far, we see the confusion in the gifts manifested as the Spirit wills, and we see it confused with the things that all believers have been been encouraged to do by faith. And that's kind of been the major mix-up in these, is that there are some things that we can do by faith on purpose at any time, any time that we dare to believe and act upon the Word of God, and there are the gifts that are as the Spirit wills, and and we've kind of cross-mixed these, and there's been some confusion there. So we have some saying, well, you can't do that. It's a gift. We have others saying, wow, how did they do that? It must be the gift. And so they make things that we can all do by faith seem like a gift. Well, only so-and-so can do that and you can't. So there's been confusion. So here's one today, the gift of prophecy, the gift of prophecy, man, the gift of prophecy is the supernatural utterance 
in a known tongue. That's just the simple. So when we look at prophecy, the gift of prophecy, we're going to see that it, it is the most important of the three gifts of utterance, as we called them. Now, the reason I say that is because it takes the other two, divers kinds of tongues and interpretation of tongues to equal prophecy. First Corinthians 14 and verse five, I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more so that you prophesied for he that prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues unless indeed he interprets that the church may receive edification. So speaking in tongues and interpretation is equal, but it does take both of those gifts operating together to be that way. So again, prophecy is a supernatural utterance in a known tongue or language. Diverse kinds of tongues is a supernatural utterance in an unknown language. And interpretation of tongues is a supernatural showing forth of that which had been spoken in tongues. So the Hebrew word for prophecy or to prophesy means to flow forth. It carries the idea as to bubble forth, like a fountain, or to spring forth, or to shoot forth, or forward. Uh, The Greek means to speak for another. And and again, we understand it means to speak for God, or to be his spokesman. 1 Corinthians 14, 1 through 5, pursue love, desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak unto men, but unto God, for nobody understands him. However, in the spirit he speaks mysteries. But he who prophesies speaks edification, exhortation and comfort to men. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. I wish you all spoke with with tongues, but even more so that you prophesied. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks in tongues, unless indeed he interprets that the church may receive edification. So here we have the Apostle Paul telling us to desire spiritual gifts. So again, not something that is immature to desire to see. And I mention this because the church overall has created this atmosphere that to desire to see these things come to pass is immature. You should be desiring other things, mostly that you want to desire my preaching and my knowledge. I think that's what they want. So they're going to try to make you feel like this is not as important as some other things, and yet we're encouraged to desire this. But he says, yes, desire this, but especially that we might prophesy. So not to mean that we don't desire all them. We are to desire, but this one above the others. And it even goes so far as to say in the end of the chapter, wherefore covet to prophesy. I mean, he's really trying to show us the importance of this one, how important it is. So as with all of these, let's look at prophecy as we have been encouraged to do, to open up, uh, open to do. And, and so uh, we shouldn't confuse this with the gift of prophecy or the prophetic office one would stand in. First Corinthians 14 and verse 3 This says a lot here and certainly has been abused, but it says, but he who prophesies speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. So in the simple gift of prophecy, we can see there really is no revelation necessarily. But one who stands in the office of a prophet, we will see often much revelation coming forth. And there's a difference. This is what we need to know. One is for edification, exhortation, and comfort. And one is to bring forth revelation. Now, we can see some differences in the Old and the New Testament when it comes to prophecy. You know, in the Old, it was more so of telling of future events, whereas in the New Testament, it strongly shifts to foretelling. But in in the simple uh, gift of prophecy, there's not telling of what's to come like somebody's future. It is, as it says, it's edification, it's exhortation, it's comfort to men. So Paul's telling the entire church at Corinth, hey, covet to prophesy, desire spiritual gifts, but rather that you would prophesy. But then we see 1 Corinthians 12, 28, God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers. After that, miracles, the gifts of healings, helps administrations, uh, uh, varieties of tongues. Then he follows with this, are all apostles, 
Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Are all workers of miracles? Do all have gifts of healings? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? So what he's saying here is if prophesying makes you a prophet, well, then he would be contradicting himself. So, so let me be clear. Just because you have or can prophesy, it does not make you a prophet as standing in the office as a prophet. I have prophesied, but I am not a prophet. What it means is you have prophesied is that you walked in the simple gift of prophecy. So it's like, okay, uh, so it's like, it's like this. A rich man had money. Well, all of us have some money, but it doesn't make all of us rich. Do you get it? A rich man has money. Well, we all have money, but it doesn't make all of us rich. So in the same way, a prophet would prophesy, but one who prophesies isn't necessarily to be called a prophet and stand in the office. A true prophet would have more of the gifts of the spirit in operation other than just the gift of prophecy. So Paul said, 1 Corinthians 14, 29 and 30, let two or three prophets speak and let the others judge. But if anything is revealed to another who sits by, let the first keep silent. So here he's talking about the revelation the prophet would, would have. He would have other gifts operating. I've seen this to stand in the office of a prophet. A person must have operating in their ministry, the gift of prophecy, plus at least two of the revelation gifts, either the word of wisdom or the word of knowledge or discerning of spirits. So don't confuse the gift of prophecy with simple prophecy, which all of us have been encouraged to desire. Uh, again, so... So many, so many can prophesy, but not all are going to be prophets per se. I've just seen too many people really desire. They're not desiring to prophesy. They are desiring to be prophets. See, uh, there's a difference. In Acts 21, we see a scriptural illustration of this gift of prophecy. Uh, verses 8 through 11, Acts 21 on the next day, we who were Paul's companions departed and we came to Caesarea. We entered into the house of Philip, the evangelist, who was one of the seven, and, and we stayed with him. Now, this man had four virgin daughters who prophesied. And as we stayed many days, a certain prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. Now, when he had come to us, he took Paul's belt, bound his own hands and his feet, and he said, thus says the Holy Spirit, so shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man who owns this belt and deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. So all four of, of Philip's daughters had what we call simple prophecy. They had prophesied. They had in, in services that they were holding in the home. They prophesied. They spoke to the congregation, edification, exhortation, and comfort. But when Agabus came, he had a revelation of what was to come. So he spoke what he hears, and, and he said, thus says the Lord. But let me warn you, if you're going to say, thus says the Lord, somebody, the Lord had better thus said. Now, I've recently this past year been told by a pastor, that's the word of the Lord. That's the word of the Lord, Don. That's the word of the Lord telling me all kinds of horrible things that were coming to this ministry because he got upset about something. But let me tell you, and, and this is a warning, he's in a dangerous spot. And there have been, there have been, uh, there's, there's some fallout that has happened for him. He's in a dangerous spot because it was not what the Lord said at all. And none of what this pastor said was going to come to pass came to pass. Now I'm talking about 100% did not come to pass. Didn't happen. 
But again, it was his emotions and his pride, and he was speaking out of those two things and not of thus says the Lord. And I'm telling you, it's, I'm just warning you because it's a dangerous place. You got to be very careful and not to try. Well, don't, don't use these things to manipulate people to bend to your will by adding this is a word of the Lord. That's exactly what this very immature pastor had done. And, well, he, he, this is the problem. It's never just you. He led many astray by that. And here we are. The proof is in the pudding, if, if you will. None of it came to pass because it was a thus says that pastor and nothing more. So what am I saying? You've got to be very careful because when we do that, people are listening. And you're going to have a great influence on people when you say something like that. When you say thus says the Lord, it better be thus says the Lord. Really watch yourself because you can fall into that kind of trap ourselves. He was trying to say some revelations of what was to come, but it was the wrong spirit. It was pride, and those things didn't manifest. As a matter of fact, it was the opposite that manifested. But the danger was and is there is a fallout, and it turned many against us. But now look at them. They're out there just dangling in the wind when they were called to be with us and helping us and ministering with us and us to them. And now they're out there just floating around, not doing what God called them to do. So we've really got to be careful with this type of thing, guys. You really got to be careful. Very, very careful. 1 Thessalonians 5, 14, 15, 17 through 21. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn those who are unruly, comfort the faint-hearted, uphold the weak, be patient with all, see that no one renders evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good both for yourselves and for all. Pray without ceasing and everything. Give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Test all things. Hold fast what is good. So another area of confusion comes from abuse of this gift or maybe misuse of this gift. You know, in Thessalonica, they had so misused the gift that the people were beginning to despise it. And I get that because, again, some of what I have experienced myself, but when used properly, it's really an amazing blessing to the body of Christ. And I think that that's what takes place as somebody moves in that gift and they, you know, the people see that. They hear it, it's awesome, and we begin to celebrate it, and then somebody else thinks, well, I can do it too, and so what they're going to do is try to bring forth something, and well, you're going to get yourself in trouble, and that's the unfortunate part. Again, that minister that I'm talking about is suffering some things because of the spiritual implications of what he did. It's no joke. This is serious business, and we've got to get this one right. 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 3, but he who prophesies speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. So this is going to bring those who hear closer to God by what they heard, not drive them away. 1 Corinthians 14, 4, he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. He who prophesies edifies the church. So prophecy brings what? Comfort to men. Again, most of what we've been hearing has been bringing discomfort to men. So I know a woman, Reverend Helen Lowry. Now you may recognize that name. She ministers at our summit every year, Reverend Helen Lowry from Texas, but this woman certainly flows in the gift as she, as she comes and is able to operate in the gift of the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom as well. She prophesies, and as it all ties together, it is amazing. It is so amazing and awesome to watch this happen, how accurate she is without knowing these people. Like, I know these people, but I don't tell her anything. And it's so amazing to watch her come in here just as an example. I mean, I would truly call this woman a prophetess of God. I mean, I could say that. She doesn't call herself that, I don't believe. I don't think I've ever heard her say that. But 
when she operates in the gift and you watch this happen, my goodness, what an amazing, I mean, it is just amazing to watch. She operates in the gift and simple prophecy as well. It's foretelling, but also able to bring comfort and exhortation and edification. But man, when it's on, she is accurate. I mean, we're sitting there like, come on, you, you have nailed this person to a T and you've never met him before. So it's a pretty amazing thing to watch. Uh, And I want to mention the gift of prophecy along with the gift of tongues has to do more with public utterance. It can also be used in your prayer life as well. I know many times while you're praying, God can begin to fill you with the spirit, right? And and you're going to begin to speak in tongues. I, I hope that you speak in tongues, but that's just the beginning of these things. God wants every believer to do more than speak in tongues. He who wants us to be able to interpret, he wants us to be able to prophesy as well. And again, we've all been encouraged to speak in tongues. Therefore, let him who speaks in a tongue pray that he might interpret. Again, 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 13, but also that we may interpret and prophesy as we saw in 1 Corinthians 14, 1. So I just, I just wanted to hit on this one today because again, it's just something that is, is, uh, has been very confused uh, a lot of confusion that just because you've prophesied doesn't make you a prophet, okay? But there are prophets. There is the gift of prophecy, right? There's the gift of prophecy where God brings revelation down through you and you're able to share that. But then there's the simple gift of prophecy that we get that we brings edification, exhortation, it brings comfort to men. And that's what we were looking at here. So uh, both of those. And so again, such an amazing thing now, if you would think about it, that God would tell us to desire this that we want it. So don't think it's strange to want to. Through this gift, we can prophesy. We can speak supernaturally, not only unto men, but unto God. Through prophecy, we can enjoy fellowship with God on a level that you have never, again, desire this, guys. You can fellowship with God on a level. I mean, you you think about God speaking to you and through you, literally, giving you a thus saith the Lord, literally him tapping you on your spirit, man, and saying, hello, let me have a conversation with you. I mean, just imagine that fellowship with God that you could experience on a level that you have just never experienced before. What an amazing thing. But he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to all men. So desire to do that always, and of course, always be ready to be used when the gift of of prophecy is manifest. Be ready. Be ready for it. That supernatural utterance in a known tongue as to foretell of what is to come by the Spirit of God. Don't forbid it. Desire it. That's all the time I have for today. Thank you for joining me on the New Old School Podcast. I am your host, Don Allen. Until next time, I'll be attempting the ridiculous and achieving the miraculous.